Hi, and welcome to Your Best Self podcast, where my aim is to filter out the nonsense that the media and diet culture has led you to believe and give you evidence-based dieting and exercise advice that allows you to feel less overwhelmed and more empowered to make choices that fit around your family, career and goals. I want you to finally stop yo-yo dieting and achieve the fat loss results that you want and deserve in a healthy and sustainable way. Results that allow you to show up as your best self for you and everyone around you. I'm Heather, mum of two, EIQ certified nutritionist, PT and lover of all things fitness. My goal is to make your fat loss and fitness journey easier by sharing tips and advice And if you want some extra help and support on your journey, then details of my coaching can be found in the show notes. Hello and welcome to episode number eight. So this episode um, was inspired by um, a conversation I was having with a new client. So she signed up and we had our um, initial consultation. So that is done um, with my clients to do that either, either over Zoom or phone call. So we were chatting and what I like to do is uh, when I onboard a client, I get them to fill out a a pre-consultation form, which is quite in depth, but there's a reason for that. I want to know as much detail about current lifestyles, previous diets, etc, etc. And then I have a rough idea of the best approach for each client. But we use the initial consultation just to get into a little bit more detail and discuss the the approach because there's no point in me suggesting something um if the client or um the client or yourself thinks no this is just not for me I just can't see myself doing that or you've tried it in the past um and it just didn't work for you so we have a chat about it and um with this client we were talking about um the approach we were going to do with calories so I had just asked her um, if she how she felt about tracking calories because I know it was something that she had done in the past, and her response was, um, "Are all your clients mad trackers?" And it made me laugh, but it also made me realise that people are potentially not aware of other methods of calorie tracking or. Non, non-tracking non methods I suppose and I think a lot of people assume or think that calorie tracking um, is the best approach out there or it's the most accurate approach so this podcast is um, I've made or decided to do this podcast to let you know a little bit more about calorie tracking um, if you don't know what it is and also um, like pros and cons of it um, who it might be best suited for, who it potentially is not best suited for, um, what's the best calorie tracker out there, um, and some other kind of um, other bits and bobs uh, based off some questions as well as I did a poll on my Instagram. So if you're not following me already, um, my Instagram is heather.moffit.fitness. So I did a little poll or a little question box on there and got some questions about um, about tracking what you would like to know. So that's what this uh, podcast is going to be uh, on. And yeah, let's just get started. So let's just 
first of all go over exactly what is tracking calories. So essentially it is a way of counting your energy intake or your calories um, and that is to, could be for any specific goal. So the majority of my clients are going to be doing that to, to lose body fat or to, to lose weight um, but you can also uh, gain an understanding of potentially what your maintenance calories would be you can also use it to to gain to gain weight or to gain muscle mass etc to know your protein intake um etc so it's a way of monitoring and uh, tracking your energy intake but if you go back to like the kind of science behind how to to lose body fat specifically because that is what the majority of my clients and um, my followers on Instagram and social media, that is what they are, their main goal is. So the only way to lose body fat is to create a calorie deficit. And the thing about tracking calories and apps like MyFitnessPal, people were doing, were, were able to lose weight or lose body fat long before these apps were invented. So... I think that the kind of the the main thing to remember is as long as you are creating that calorie deficit to lose body fat, it doesn't matter how you do it. There are so many ways that you can diet to lose body fat um, that you that you wouldn't have to track a single calorie doing that. Um, so I think. Bearing that in mind when you're picking your approach and don't always assume that you have to track calories um, to get results. There are obviously some pros and cons to tracking calories, um, so I will go over them just now. So the real pros and cons, um, first, first big one's accountability. So if you are honest um, and you're tracking everything that you eat and drink into my fitness pal or whatever app you're using then you have a big accountability um, factor there because you are inputting that data into the app also you are gaining a lot of knowledge and education on um, calories that are in certain foods portion sizes um, so you're, you're going to get some some knowledge about that um, a big thing as well is it allows you to take a pause so it kind of forces you to be a little bit more mindful with your um, choices so before you eat anything you're going to be inputting it into my fitness pal so you're then able to have a little pause and be like right okay well that portion size or that thing is x amount of calories um could I could something else serve me better today do I really want that is it going to fit within my calories um and it's that, that pause, that, that mindful moment um, that's actually really important um, for not just for losing weight but also like when you're eating as well. So if we can do things a little bit more mindfully, we're more aware and present in that moment um, and that can be good or helpful um, not just like for, for like day-to-day life really. Um, and also it is it allows you to be a little bit proactive in your your choices and planning as well. So for instance, if you have planned out your day in my fitness pal and you kinda know roughly what you're having, breakfast, lunch and dinner, and you've got some snacks in there as well. Um so your calories are kinda planned out for the day, but 
uh, somebody brings donuts into work. Okay, so you're then kind of left with that with a choice, but you can be proactive with that. You can be like, well, if I swap that snack for something else, if I maybe take like a portion of my my carbs away from dinner, then I can have that donut and make it fit if it's something that you really want. But again, you're taking that mindful, um, that mindful moment to to think about what your choices or what you want to have to eat your choices etc and you're making it fit within your goals proactively and the difference to that would be like a reactive um choice where you would potentially eat the donut and think oh gosh like and then you would have then you'd feel like you've potentially blown it you would maybe over restrict etc etc so you can see how um those different approaches those different mindsets to the same choice can really impact um, decisions afterwards. But tracking does allow you to be a little bit proactive in that. And also it gives us a, a starting point or it gives you a starting point to know like where your calories are, um, how many calories you would need to maintain your body weight, etc, etc. And then you can work from that. You can use that data um, to work from, to make cho- to make changes. But it does mean that you do have to be honest with your tracking. Um, and that kind of leads me nicely into some of the cones. So it, is a, it, is, it can be inaccurate. It is not the most accurate way to track your calories. Um, and it's because people under-report. And that is not me being judgmental or saying it like, or saying you're not tracking your calories correctly. Because everybody does that or everybody does it, and this has been shown in research, so there was a, a study done um, with dietitians who have a, a vast knowledge and education on nutrition, on calories, on macros, etc, and they were still under-reporting when they were tracking calories by about 250-ish calories, and these are people who have, who, it's it's their, part of their job is to have this, this vast knowledge, um, so Everybody does it, and then with that in that study of the general population, um, some of the some people were underreporting by about five hundred calories. Now that could be potentially your full day's deficit, and you're unknowingly underreporting. So you could wonder why you're not losing any body fat, etc., or any weight, but it's because that you you have you haven't been tracking accurately. The next con is uh, that labels on food. Um, and by law can be 20% inaccurate. So if you've got, um, for instance, like a ready meal that says it's 500 calories, then that could be anywhere between 400 and 600 calories, if I've done the math right. (laughs) Um, But you can see that, again, that could be another way of uh, um, some inaccuracies coming coming up. And also um, with these apps and and tracking, devices I suppose are like my fitness pal it's use it's user um user error as well because all the the information there is inputted by people and human error we all make mistakes um another con to my fitness pal especially initially as it does take time so when you over time when you build up a kind of like frequently 
added foods and meals etc like you can have like the majority of things that you would you would eat will be on there and it will take less time but at the start it can be quite time consuming and there are obviously things like scanning barcodes etc etc that are going to make it easier and make it um take less time but it is going to be time consuming um, especially at the start so if you lead a busy lifestyle or you have um like family you don't have that much time then do you know, it might not be the best approach for you. Um, and another con is um, perfectionism. It's not really a con, but basically people kind of play my fitness pal. So if they, they like to stay in the green, even so if even if they know they're going to go into the red, they will just not add anything onto my fitness pal. It'll be kind of like, oh, well, I've... I've um, not going to reach my targets for today, so I'm just not going to put input, input anything in, but I'm going to continue to eat. Um, but at least it, on paper or in the app, I'm not in the red kind of thing. And, do you know, it, it's this mentality that the, the kind of perfectionist all or nothing mentality, uh, because actually when you think about averages for the week, you could still be in a deficit even if you did overeat or go over your calories in that one day, okay? But if you're going to continue to eat but not track that, then you're really only cheating yourself. So those are some of the pros and cons. Um, so bearing them in mind, who should track calories or what kind of general clientele or general... Uh, personality traits potentially uh, would be would benefit from tracking or would get good results from tracking or it would suit their lifestyle so potentially somebody who likes numbers who likes to kind of see like kind of data visualize graphs some trends over time um, and also somebody who's kind of objective of a uh, progress so someone who can kind of take a bird's eye view and potentially not get too emotional in the the fluctuations might benefit from from tracking so kind of analytically minded that's not to say that some like other other personality traits wouldn't benefit from tracking but it's where maybe some extra support and guidance along that um, or some reassurance along the way from a coach may become a maybe beneficial as well and also to caveat like this is just purely my opinion so this is not like a, a set set rules about who should track and who shouldn't um people who who potentially might not get the most out of tracking as somebody who are kind of perfectionists out there and you'll probably know if you're a perfectionist or not if you're all or nothing or not um type a personalities i suppose but if you get if you get really obsessed with the numbers and hitting your macros perfectly and you start to stress out about social occasions and um meals out and celebrations because you're not going to be able to track as accurately as you would be at home that again is some like something to kind of be to be wary of and you might want to take a hybrid approach which is something I will speak about later but again 
it's where working with a coach um, can help. If you do start to get obsessed about the numbers, etc., it can help to have somebody who's objective um, in your corner to help remind you um, of the inaccuracies, I suppose, in tracking and that it's okay not to track perfectly or, well, you can't track perfectly, really, but if you do go over your calories one day, etc., uh, and also somebody who potentially tracking is not going to be the best approach for as somebody who leads an extremely busy lifestyle. So somebody who's potentially got an extremely busy career or a busy mum um, who don't have a lot of free time uh, to be constantly tracking, weighing, measuring, etc. Um, that is kind of, again, my opinion about who should and who shouldn't. What's the best tracker out there? Now, I'm, apologies, that's a, that was a bit clickbaity because ultimately the best calorie tracker is your body. So Amy, Emma, Amy, Emma Story Gordon eh, said it the best and that is that your body is the most accurate food, food diary you will ever keep. So you could be tracking calories but you're not losing weight. And that is because you're not in a deficit. And over time, your body will let you know if you're in a deficit or not. Because you will either gain weight or you will lose weight, um, depending on if you are or not. If you are tracking calories, but you're not losing weight, then have a look at portion sizes. Are you weighing and measuring everything? especially things like oils, butters, spreads. Are you tracking everything? Um, snacking tends to be done quite mindlessly, like just picking things up, uh, putting them in your mouth and not actually realising that, you, that you've that you eaten them. Have a look at your environment, other things out, um, either at home or at work, um, that you are mindlessly slacking on, uh, snacking on. Liquid calories. Um, are you tracking everything that you're drinking? Eating back calories that your fitness watch has said that you have burned. Are you doing that? Or are have you stopped moving as much? So your calorie intake could be the same or there or thereabouts, but you're just your needs went down. So you are you are potentially not in a deficit. So these are things to, to look at if you are tracking and you're not um you're not losing weight. Um, but like I say, the best tracker is not the, it's not the best app out there. It's your body. So regardless of what the app says, um, if you're not consistently, and this, we're we're not looking at week to week fluctuations here. We're looking at trends over time. But if your body weight is not trending or your body fat is not trending down over time, then you're not in a calorie deficit, and something has to change. Um, you either drop calories or you increase like your steps or how much you're moving. Um, but you do, you will have to do something. Um, something will have to change uh, in order to to create that um, that deficit. A little bit about um, exercise calories. So and a bit a little bit about the kind of accuracy of Fitbits. So um, my advice for this is to completely ignore the calories that your Fitbit or your activity tracker is telling you that you've burned. So if you're a client of mine, I always take into consideration 
how much exercise you're doing and I factor that into your weekly calories um, but I don't want you to look at the calories that you've burned during an exercise session and then add them onto the calories or your calories of the day and that is because Fitbits have been shown in the research to to be inaccurate for um, measuring energy expend energy expenditure with exercise. They are extreme. They are they are um, effective pedometers, so step counts. They are great for accountability, um, and kind of looking at looking down at your watch. And be like, oh gosh, I've hardly I've hardly moved today. I better get up and get moving. Um, and they are again great for um, monitoring like your knee, so your non-exercise activity thermogenesis. Again, losing using averages and trends, etc. But they are not accurate at um, recording your energy or your um, exercise energy expenditure. Uh, and that is for a couple of reasons. They don't take into consideration um, that they, they use the. the Algorithms they use are based on like the average population, not on you as a person. So you could potentially have more muscle mass, more body fat, etc, etc. Uh, they don't always take into account the actual exercise that you've did. Um, and yeah, there's a few, a few other reasons, but they, they, they're not the most accurate. So my advice would be to completely ignore um, the, the calories that they have said that they've burned. I mean, if you still get it, like you still enjoy to, to track your workouts and you like to have that data at the end, then by all means, um, go for it. Sometimes it is quite nice to have that little boost at the end of the workout. Um, but just take the calories that, that says that you've burned with a pinch of salt. A few questions that I got um, from Instagram um, about uh, calories and tracking. Somebody had asked about tracking calories and macros or, or tracking like all three macros. So uh, macros like a macronutrient um, and there are three, there are protein, carbs and fat. And these three um, all equal like your kind of overall calorie intake. My advice for this for the general population and for the majority of my clients that I work with is no. There is there's no need for you to be tracking all like all three macros. I definitely think it has its place for groups of people, for instance, like elite athletes. But for the majority of people, there's just no need um, to track all three. With my clients, I get them to look at their calories overall, um, as the most important. So if they're new to tracking. Um, calories first and foremost, then protein because if you have, if you like by increasing your protein intake, um, it helps with satiety, um, feeling full, um, holding on to muscle mass when you are in a deficit, and these are all really important things to take into consideration when you're trying to lose body fat. And also, I get them just to keep an eye on their fats because I just want to make sure that they're not consistently low. And consistently low would be below 0.5 per grams of kilograms um, of fat per day. And if that is consistently low over a period of um, weeks, then we would want to, to keep an eye on keeping that and increasing that. So, for instance, that would be like somebody who was like a 70 kilo female. Um, that would be 35 grams of fat. So that is particularly low fat. I would like to see that higher. 
Um, but a lot, of, a lot of the times, like actually, because fat has nine grams of nine calories per gram, reducing your fat intake is is a is a quite an easy way to reduce your overall calorie intake. Um, and a lot of um, program or plans like Slimming World etc are in essentially low fat plans, but. Fat is an essential macro. We do need that. We can't get some um some certain types of fat from our diet um from our we need to get them from our diet. So we don't want our fat being consistently low. So that would be the only kind of caveat to to with my clients. But really, as long as you're in a calorie deficit, you are going to lose body fat over time. And it doesn't really matter um, if you go low carb, if you go low fat. It's really what, what suits you, your lifestyle, your preferences. Because at the end of the day, for the general population, it's about ad- adherence and how, how well you can stick to your calorie deficit. So if you're doing that and eating in a way that you enjoy, then it doesn't really matter if it's a 40-30-30 um, like macro split for instance that kind of gets branded about no it doesn't so yeah if you're if you are new to tracking and you're wondering like what your macro split should be don't 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 get too caught up in that calories first then your protein so protein intake um should be somewhere between 1.4 to 1.5 potentially up to two but again that might be in the high side um grams per kilogram of body weight start there and make some adjustments um if you if you need to fat like i say 0.5 grams per kilogram of body weight Uh, don't have any lower than that for a consistent period of time and then after that you can eat your calories however however you you see fit however you like to track Uh, and that is that is the kind of general um view i take with all of my clients Uh, another question i got was um just getting up here basically how to track a a home-cooked family meal kind of accurately and the basically you can't and that's like what I spoke about before in the cons. Like tracking is never going to be a hundred percent accurate. And I know if you're a perfectionist, like that is that can be a bitter pill to, to swallow. But don't get caught up in these minor details. And don't think that because you because you can't track that family meal accurately, then you're just not gonna have eat what your family is eating and you're gonna have uh a ready meal for instance or a frozen a frozen meal or a like a package meal instead because the calories run that packet because like I said before the calories the calories in that packet can legally be out by 20% so that even that package meal is not going to be accurately accurate so my advice would be track as accurately as you can but live in line with your values so if if families are really is really high up in your your values list then chances are you do want to have like a home-cooked meal with your family 
So that is not a reason to 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 not do that um, because you think that you can't track that that home cooked meal accurately. And if you're going out uh, or if you're going to like your mum's house or a friend's house and they're cooking for you, like again, don't get too caught up in the, the like tracking really accurately um, or don't stop that that shouldn't stop you doing these things. Like, what you could do is, if you don't want to be like, so, how did you cook this? What did you use? Like, how much oil did you use? What meat is this? Like, what to do is take a picture of it, because if you don't you don't really want to do that in front of people either, or you might not want to, um, take a picture of it and then retrospectively go back and, and pop that in, okay? And a kind of general rule of thumb that I use with, with clients is if you are trying to create a deficit, then err on the side of caution. So if you put something into my fitness pal and there is a range of calories for that particular meal, go on the higher side, okay? Because then you are giving yourself a little bit of a buffer. So pop that meal in as accurately as you can and then don't panic, do you know, again, working with averages and things, like if you are putting everything in retrospectively and it means you go over your calories that day. Do not sweat, do not think you've blown it because it will be average over time. And what is the worst thing that happens if you're over your calories for one day? Then your weekly average, yeah, it might be a little bit lower, you might not lose as much body fat that week, but your chances are um, that you're still going to be in a deficit for that week. And the the thing about tracking and about perfectionism and all or nothing with um with tracking calories is if you let that that one day dictate the rest of your week so if you think oh my gosh I'm in the red I can't believe like I can't believe I'm in over my calories I'm just gonna eat Ugh, what's the point I'm just gonna overeat for the rest the rest of the week and I'm just not even gonna track and I'm not even gonna like bother with it and I'll start again on Monday like Tracking can be great because you can see trends over time and you can have that data, but that data needs to be inputted as accurately as you possibly can um, in order for you or your coach or whoever to see those trends and to work with that. So that's how that is how it's going to work. So you know, don't panic or stop yourself doing these things like family meals because the big thing to be, to also know about, about tracking calories is tracking calories should not, for anyone, be a lifelong process. So you do, if you're tracking calories, you want to be able to come to a point where you no longer need um, to track calories. And with that in mind, it, it can be quite beneficial to, to also have some lifestyle changes or non-negotiables I suppose um, alongside tracking calories and this is something that I do with my clients so we kind of have a hybrid approach Um, so if somebody's tracking calories uh, they are also we are also looking at other kind of non-tracking techniques so depending on like what that client's struggles are that could be some like also some mindful eating techniques um, it could be some emotional regulation work, some stress management, looking at sleep, um, having protein with every meal, increasing fruit and veg, reducing snacking. 
it's a holistic approach and not just a calorie target but that's that's what coaching or what my coaching um that's one of the benefits of that but like I say like tracking it shouldn't be a, a lifelong process and if you are doing this by yourself and you have you've you've got your calorie target um then think about other factors as well so think about um other things that, that you do struggle with and think about having some other so think about further down the line um about moving away from tracking and what's going to work work best for you and by all means if you if you do if you have been on your journey by yourself and you are struggling or you would just like a little bit of help support reassurance then drop me a message the best place is probably instagram but um yeah drop me a little message and i can help um whether that is through coaching or if you just want to know if the calories that you have kind of given given yourself um are right for you if you need to make any changes and one thing that i would say that is when you're setting up my fitness pal or or an app my fitness pal for some reason always gives women 1200 calories never like don't i have never worked with anyone and giving them 1200 calories because it's unsustainable and yeah people like we need more than 1200 calories 1200 calories is a toddler's intake um so ignore the calories that my fitness pal give you um and either use a calorie calculator online or um a really easy way to, to do it is to take your body weight in kilos and multiply it by 22. Uh, this will give you your, your BMR, your basal metabolic rate, and then multiply that by how active you are in your week, okay? So 1.2 would be like a kind of sedentary lifestyle, so you don't, you don't up and move about, your job isn't very active, and then all the way up to 1.8, which is a very manual job, like a kind of a labour-intensive job. Um, and then that will give you your your maintenance calories or your estimated maintenance calories and then initially I would deduct depending on where they are like somewhere between 15 to 20 percent and then use that as your starting point and again these are estimates it's an estimated starting point you are going to want to be able to track consistently for three weeks to see what happens um, if your body weight is trending down, great, you're in a deficit, keep going. If not, then you may have to drop calories or look at increasing your activity, increasing your steps, combination of both. But like I say, if you need any help, support, reassurance, drop me a message on Instagram. It's um, and I'd be happy to help. So, there we have it. Um, slightly longer than I thought it was going to be but hopefully that is giving you an insight into tracking about whether it might be the best approach for you um, or if you are already tracking um, it's giving you some some good insights uh, about the approach. So thank you so much for your time for listening um, and I hope that it has helped 
If you have any questions on this or any other topics that you want me to cover, um, or if you're interested in coaching, then there are going to be more details uh, in the show notes. So please go ahead, get in touch. I will also pop the link up to my Instagram um, and you can give me a little follow on there um, slide into my DMs if you have any questions. But I hope you all have a lovely day and I will speak to you again on the next episode.